When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to What Culture Gaming. I'm Scott, joined by Josh. Hello, Scott. Hello, my friend Josh Brown, mixing it up on an afternoon because there's a bit of last-minute news doing the rounds in regards to Bioshock 4. Yes, just a smidge, Scott, because, you know, if you're like me, you might have forgotten that this game was actually officially announced like two (laughs) years ago. In December 2019, 2K came out and finally announced that they're working on a brand new Bioshock game. It's being produced by a brand new studio called Cloud Chamber. Cloud Chamber, And that studio last night, or recently anyway, this has been picked up by a bunch of different news outlets, um, the studio recently put out an advertisement for a senior writer on the project, and it's given us a few um, ideas of what shape the game is taking currently because some of the things that they're Mm. looking for is quote someone who can weave impactful character-driven stories in an open world setting now as you might be aware (laughs) the previous bioshock games were not open world games but it seems like this one is going to be which i do think makes sense and does line up with some rumors from like three or two years ago at this point really old ones Mm. that suggested it was going to go open world and this um little um description of the job seems to confirm that as they're looking for a writer who can write open world narratives and they later Mm. on go to say who can write both primary and secondary quests so it seems like we're getting an open world with the standard fare of you're gonna have some side missions you're gonna have some main missions you're probably gonna have some feathers to collect or whatever some some secret plasmids Yeah, Yeah, some some secret plasmids. Secret power-ups, something like that that you need to go hunt down. But let me tell you a thing. As a man who's playing through Homefront the Revolution, which, you know, which is as a a means, only because a means to unlock Time Splitters 2, which I know sounds like I've lost my actual mind, but it is a real thing. Have a bit of a Google. Secret Time Splitters 2 hidden inside Homefront the Revolution. Going back through that game um, and playing something that is, you know, sort of Far Cry in a city um, and approaching different mission objectives, you know, whichever way I want, like using verticality, going up and down different buildings or whatever and sort of interacting with different NPCs and then going towards the different um, targets and stuff like that. The open world sensibility does, it always does add something else to the way that you play those games. I don't know how much that translates across to Bioshock um, because I can't think of how they would separate that stuff out. Like, I guess you would just tell sort of a whole handful of different stories alongside, but in terms of making the, the gameplay side of it engaging and worthwhile in an open world space... I don't know, like, the, Bioshock's always been a, a weird sort of mix where Ken Levine always said he wanted to satisfy the brains and the brawn, and you've yeah. sort of got these really highbrow-style stories, uh, big, you know, philosophical sort of time travel type stories, and then just big old gore-fest burying a, a, a claw spinner thing into some dude's face in Bioshock <laughs> Infinite, uh, and trying to do a bit of both. So 
I don't know. Like, I mean, I'm curious about it. I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to put this out there. Um, I know on. that the original version of Bioshock was more plant based, and it was way more botanical. All the powers were based around uh, plant powers, and um, you know, like interacting with different, sort of, like using vines and stuff like that. That was some yeah. original sketched out version of Bioshock that got um, that got scrapped. Um, and part of me remembers reading about that that it was way more free form as well. Um, not that Rapture and Columbia don't have their various different ways that you can approach those levels, but I think that idea, that sensibility of just here's a set of powers here's a bigger open space here you go i think that was something that was written into the very first document about bioshock and yeah. um, could be wrong but i think that was in there i think it was and i think even if it wasn't you can see as the series developed how the ambitions to make these you know really interesting really gorgeous in some ways worlds that the team created to make them more explorable I and mean, if you go back to the initial mm. trailers for Bioshock Infinite they're way bigger in scale than what we actually got in the final game which oh, was totally, much more yeah. linear you could still you know obviously use the sky hook to go from place to place but if you look at those trailers you're literally going from city block in the sky to city block in the sky and I think it makes sense <laughs> for this series in particular to widen that up make it more open world overtly because I don't think anyone played Bioshock 1, Bioshock 2, Bioshock Infinite and said, you know what, I could have spent less time in those cities I could have spent less time <laughs> looking around you know, a huge part of the enjoyment is finding out about the history of these places and being able to freely explore, you know, some of the best parts of Bioshock 2, which is a criminally overlooked game and, mm. you know, the DLC for Infinite and parts of Infinite itself, pretty much the entire series I've just mentioned there, um, are just the moments where you can walk around, you can interact with some of the audio tapes and you can take in everything that the great designers have designed. So I think if you spread that out to a, a world that you can fully explore, like you said, mm. though, without losing the core of what makes the series great, and that is the storytelling, that is the characterization, that is the mythology that comes with each new city that is explorable, I think you can make something really special. I don't want them to do an Ubisoft open world or a Home right. for the Revolution open world where you're just going from icon <laughs> to icon. That, they're the two standards now. There's, they are the two standards. Else. They absolutely are. I'd rather it's have a, it be... Like Arkham City style, Arkham Asylum style, mm. you know, a little bit smaller, a little bit more dense, but still free form in how you can go from place to place. Mm -hmm. Well, the thing is, you're on about like the, um, that idea of like some of the most interesting parts of Bioshock as it stands are just when you get given like a, a semi open space to explore. And like I've been replaying Bioshock Infinite, and like some of the best parts of that game are the very beginning when you're first yeah. discovering Columbia. Um, and you walk around that initial space next to the big sort of statue in the distance, and you're like going in and out of different shops and just seeing all the different signage that's around there and realizing what attitudes are prevalent in that space and everything else. And like, yeah, I mean, maybe there's a way to do that in like a more open world sort of setting. Like whilst also pulling you towards different mission mission types and everything, the thing that makes me worry um, are a couple of things. Like one is that Ken Levine's not involved. He's got his own separate studio. Um, obviously, dude was the figurehead of, of Bioshock in the first place. Didn't um, work on Bioshock Two, but then did return for Bioshock Infinite. Um, he's not involved with this whatsoever. Like you said, Cloud Chamber are, are brand new. I don't even think he's on board as a consultant or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, and also, it's still published by Two K. Um, who are you know not averse to chasing the dollar, let's say. Yeah. Um, and when it comes to you know big top tier publishers who are very happy to put in monetization methods or different models like that, I wouldn't put it past them to look at Bioshock, look at the amount of popularity that's around it, and then go, we'll sell you some bonus plasmids or we'll sell you this different you know DLC packs or different things like that. With the original creator gone, there's not going to be any pushback from that from a new studio, especially. And the cynic in me 
worries? <laughs> no, I mean, it, I don't think it's entirely unfounded, especially because you said this mm. is 2K. But, you know, 2K has also made some games that aren't that, you know, exploitative. You know, you look at, I'm, I'm playing through Borderlands 2, for, not Borderlands 2, Borderlands 3, Three? for instance, right now. Right. And I'm surprised at how much that offers you upfront from a content perspective and how little it mm. feels like it's encouraging me to buy the DLC or buy things like that. They you know, also they recently... put casinos in NBA, though. Like, I just don't, mm. Listen. I don't know. Listen, I'm not saying they're flawless. All I'm saying is when it comes to some of their franchises, they're a little bit more respectful. And when it comes to mm. others, they're just like, how much money can we get out of you <laughs> as possible? I'm not saying they're good. I'm not even saying that I trust them with, you know, making this game. But, you know, I have to hope they're going to read the room because all that stuff is very not in fashion at the moment, especially when it's done so aggressively. Mm. And especially when it comes to a series like Bioshock, which is so single-player driven, which is so centered around the story, I think the moment they start brushing up with anything else, you know, it might be a difficult sell, especially because, like you said, this team is unproven. And while I don't think you mm. necessarily need the original creators to make a good Bioshock game, because Bioshock 2 is proof that you simply, you know, don't, that's an awesome game. Um, you know, they're still kind of fighting an uphill battle because it's been a long time since Bioshock was around and yeah. people absolutely love that original trilogy even though Infinite kind of like took a lot of flack from the gameplay perspective it's still, you know, a lot of people's um, what are, what are people, some of people's favourites, if, if anything um, so, you know, they're fighting this uphill battle and I have to hope they're going to do it proper and I have to hope the fact that we haven't heard something in so long means that they are trying to do it well you know i could be proven wrong well, but been... they could have rushed out a bioshock 4 like two years after yeah. infinite three years after infinite they didn't which kind of to me bodes well well the way that infinite ended where it was just sort of ken levine sort of tying a bow on it and just being like there's always going to be a lighthouse a man there's mm -hmm. always going to be an, a city or whatever and literally sort of addressing in a meta sense of like look this this is an infinite thing and yeah. i'm gonna bow out this is my time but like you know it, it could keep going um, and then, so, like, where did they go from there? But, um, yeah, I mean, like, the innovations in regards to the open world stuff, I'm interested by that. Like you said, Bioshock 2, like, managed to managed to do well enough. Like, the combat mechanics are, like, solid enough that you can do an enjoyable Bioshock-style game. I just wonder how much a, a new team would, you know, sort of try and do the big twist, like, do a Bioshock-style twist or do something like that. But the earliest rumor that we covered was a couple of years ago. So, assumedly, it's it's been in the works for a long time. Um, and like you said, 2K have got out there and announced that it's, you know, officially put it out there but it was just a blog post they're not sort of yeah. singing and dancing about it um, so I guess right now they're still sort of like securing um, you know the, the core of the game like it being this open world thing whether or not it returns to something like the plant based stuff that I mentioned before um, and I guess all those things we'll have to keep an eye on um, but yeah let us know what you think down in the comments below of a Bioshock 4 what would you want from the franchise do you want them to go back to things that were prevalent in the first trilogy or should it make a big old break and be something more like an open world game for now I've been Scott from whatculture.com I've been Josh from whatculture.com I'm going to catch you next time. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.